morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, 1 Deerwalk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord our King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, keep your family, the church, continually in the true faith, that relying on the hope of your heavenly grace, we may ever be defended by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our reading for this fifth Sunday after Epiphany is from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. Beloved saints, Jesus calls his disciples, Andrew, James, and John, Matthew. We hear these texts and sometimes think, Jesus also calls us to gather people into his church. Today, though, from another angle, we rather than consider how we are called like Peter, we consider that Jesus called Peter for us, for you. You know, Jesus is not content to preach in a corner. He is not pleased to do his works in secret. He knows that his words are words of life. He knows that his works, especially his death and resurrection, are the salvation of the world. So Jesus not only goes to the cross for our salvation, he also calls apostles and after them pastors, so that the word of the cross would go out unto all the world. Now in a remarkable passage in Dr. Martin Luther's large catechism, he writes this, Neither you nor I could ever know anything about Christ or believe on him and have him for our Lord, unless it were offered to us and granted to our hearts by the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the gospel. The work of redemption is done and accomplished. Christ has acquired and gained the treasure for us by his suffering, death, resurrection, and so on. But if the work remained concealed so that no one knew about it, then it would be useless and lost so that this treasure might not stay buried, but be received and enjoyed, God has caused the word to go forth and be proclaimed. In the word, 
he has the Holy Spirit bring this treasure home and make it our own. Jesus wants to get the word of reconciliation to us. As we hear how Jesus called Peter, we are reminded that Jesus sees to it that we hear the preaching of the gospel, that we know about his death and resurrection, and that we have life in believing this word. But first, before Jesus makes Peter a pastor, he's got some unfinished business. Let's imagine it then, that morning on the Sea of Galilee, Peter, James, John, and their crew had fished all night. They had worked extra hours trying to find a few fish, but they were skunked. Now there is only cleaning up and heading home for some rest so they can get after it again at night. But then they see Jesus coming along with a crowd. Peter knows Jesus. His brother Andrew had introduced them about a year or so ago. Peter had been with Jesus at the wedding at Cana. Peter knows Jesus, and he believes in him. Peter is a Christian, but now Peter is back in his boat fishing. Perhaps Jesus had sent him home for a while. We don't know. Perhaps Peter had thought the weeks he'd spent with Jesus were all there would be. But now that familiar and blessed face is back. Jesus comes to Peter this morning, followed by a crowd, and asks Peter to take him out onto the water a little way. Peter does, and Peter listens as Jesus preaches. But then Jesus turns to Peter and stunningly says in verse 4, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, Peter could have protested. Come on, nothing all night, nothing in the nets. You can't fish in the daytime. You can't catch fish in the deep. Listen, you preach, I'll fish. But Peter doesn't. He follows the command of Jesus. And in verse 5, we hear, At your word, I will let down the nets. And the one who spoke on the fifth day and created the fish of the sea summons the fish to the net. The catch is big enough to break the net and sink two boats. And look what happens. Peter, in this catch of fish, sees what Jesus is up to, that he is making a claim on Peter. This great catch of fish is not to make Peter a great fisherman, but to end his fishing altogether. Jesus is saying to Peter, now you are mine. And Peter is afraid. In the middle of a huge pile of flopping fish and in the middle of a sinking boat, Peter falls on his knees at Jesus' feet and begs him in verse 8, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, you'd think he might have other things on his mind, but Peter is not terrified of sinking. He is not scared of losing the big catch. He is not afraid of dying. He is afraid of Jesus, afraid of his holiness and wrath, and afraid of this claim that Jesus is making on him. And Peter is right to be afraid. You know, our fears tell us about our idols. What are you afraid of? The answer to that question is the same as the answer to the question, what are your gods? Are you afraid to die, to hurt, to lose, to be lost? Are you afraid of the past, of the future, of what might happen, or that people would find out what did happen? Are you afraid of your parents, your children, your boss, your neighbor? Are you afraid of pain, afraid of yourself, afraid of the devil? Whatever it is, that is your God. 
the first commandment, Exodus 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Teaches us to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. But how many other things are we afraid of? Peter has it right that day. Knee-deep in fish in a sinking boat, he is afraid of Jesus. And he is afraid because of his sin. Depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinner. The last thing sinners want is Jesus to be hanging around because his coming should terrify us. No matter what trouble we're in, this is our most profound and pressing concern. Jesus should judge us because of our sin. But he doesn't. Instead of condemning you because of your sin, Jesus stakes your sin bears your sin, wears your sin to the cross, and there, instead of condemning you, he is cursed, afflicted, stricken, forsaken in your place. Jesus suffers for us, dies for us, for you. Jesus looks at Peter in his sin and says, listen, verse 10, do not be afraid. Don't fear. There is nothing to be afraid of. I am not angry. I did not come to judge you, to condemn you, or to destroy you. I'll take care of your sin. I'll make a way for you to be alive and live with me forever. To Peter and to us, Jesus says, don't be afraid. This is the absolution, the forgiveness of sins, the purest and sweetest gospel. When the knowledge of our sin and God's holiness pushes out every other fear, so that we stand terrified of God's wrath, and only God's wrath, when we at last say, God, I fear you, God says to us, I am nothing to be afraid of. Look, here is my son, crucified for you. And then he says, and this is the thing that this sermon is driving toward, look here, here is my servant Peter, sent to preach you the good news. Look, here is my servant John, James, Paul, sent to you as witnesses of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Look, here is Moses, Abraham, David, Isaiah, preachers of my name and kindness. And look, here is your pastor, sent in my name to bring the good news to you, to forgive your sins, to baptize you, to put the body and blood of Jesus into your mouth. Beloved saints, Jesus is not content to be silent. He wants to be preached to you. He wants his promises to be heard by you. He wants to be believed in by you. He wants his name and kindness to echo in your ears and in your hearts because he loves you. We rejoice in the calling of St. Peter because we see in this calling how Jesus still loves us. He not only dies for you, but he calls Peter and his apostles and his pastors so that you would know it, believe it, rejoice in it, and have eternal life in his name. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Lord of the hosts of heaven, our salvation and our strength, without you we are lost. 
Guard us from all that harms or hurts and raise us when we fall. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deer Walk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.